Okay, so you're a professional in the automotive service aftermarket. You know your stuff. You're smart, accomplished, and you put your knowledge to use every day. Ever decide to have a third party provide you the professional credentials to verify your practical abilities? I know that 20% of our industry has their credentials, so I'm talking to the 80% that don't. Here's a taste of today's enlightening interview. And you're sitting down with a candidate that you're interviewing. If they've watched a bunch of YouTube videos on how to do things, that's not an education. But yet we have some generations now that kind of see that as, as education. You need some way to uh, have a third-party credential that says this person has achieved this level. And so that's kind of one of the things that we both do in different spaces. But, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I have a concern mm-hmm. about that. So, right. in fact, we've started doing um, assessment tests for webinars. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, Carm Capriato here, and I hope you are doing great and listening while you are at the gym or on a walk or riding your bike, either a pedal bike or motorbike. You have discovered the power of podcasts as a mobile and on-demand learning tool. I'm joined by Trish Serator, Senior Vice President of Communication at ASE, and Jeff Peavy, President of AMI, Automotive Management Institute. Now, both of these aftermarket leaders are here to talk about the importance of credentialing. You know, Remarkable Results Radio is so proud to sponsor with Napa Auto Care and the 2020 Napa Expo. Now, join Napa and me in Las Vegas, April 6th through 9th, 2020, where you'll discover the latest news and industry information, and you'll be networking. Mark your calendar and plan to be there. Enrollment has already begun. So contact your Napa store to find out more. See you in Las Vegas. You know we find ourselves for various reasons, skimming the news, social media, the inside jacket of a new book, and news articles. We are bombarded thousands of times an hour with stuff that, in many cases, does not make us better at what we do. Now, I'm suggesting that the podcast, now in our 433rd episode, should be one of those information sources that you should go deep with, not skim. I know for certain, and the fact is that each episode we lovingly produce for you always has an important message that you can use. So I recommend you go deep and spend time with one of your best aftermarket learning tools, and thanks. This episode with Trish Serator and Jeff Peavy is a departure from what testing is and will help you understand the value of credentialing. Credentials are becoming more important than ever, and prove to your customers and your shop owner you know what you're doing. Also hear about a few new goings-on at ASE as it relates to your recertification. Invest in this interview with Trish and Jeff and find the key talking points and links to their previous episodes with me at RemarkableResultsRadio.com slash E433. This was recorded at ASA's annual member meeting in Dallas, Texas in spring 2019. Hey, it's Carm Capriato at the ASA member meeting here in spring 2019. Great to uh, to be here. Thanks for my great hosts to, to bring me out to the, the Hilton here in uh, in Hearst, Texas. ASA, AVI On Demand, and the group. I am with two extremely talented and well-known people in the industry. And interestingly enough, we were having cocktails last night, which is why I think both of you, <laughs> both of you said yes. <clears throat> Always. And I was talking to Trish Serator from ASE. Uh, and you all know she's senior vice president 
of communication, right? Yep. And and you just went part time. I did. And so you're still working 40 hours, but it's part time. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing how that yes. stuff works. Yes. And of course, Jeff Peavy is here, President AMI. Yep. Good to have you. And, and so I was talking to Trish and then all of a sudden Jeff walks into the conversation <laughs> and he says, what are you talking about? I said, well, you're going to be oh. on our show tomorrow and we're going to, we're just going to talk about what uh, we, we don't know. We just don't, don't have a clue, but we just ate. You've got to be on a panel in about a half hour. Yeah. Jeff too. Yeah, yeah. we both do. Yeah. yeah. You're both on yes, that panel. Right. right. Yeah. Well, tell Tony, I'm breaking you guys in. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. ASE, such a great organization. What's new? What's going on? What do you see? I mean, I, I, I don't want what's, what's happened in the past what's coming up in the future oh we got some cool things coming up in the future on the ase side i'll I'll give you just a quick um headline we're looking at a new way to maintain your certification that doesn't involve going to a test center we heard about it yeah yeah that's our news yeah it's really kind of exciting you're going to be able to do it on your phone Mm -hmm. and you know who knows where that's going to go you end up staying what i heard is that you can end up staying current by getting a question a month or a question a week or right depending on how many areas you're certified in you can get a question per area and you can answer it right then and there you can save them up and answer them you know over the weekend when you're home and um as long as you keep answering them correctly you can maintain your certification yeah i was i was really impressed there was a lot of thought went into that absolutely i heard about it I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, you being in the uh, you know, the education side of our industry, Jeff, with AMI, you recently, uh, maybe a year ago, launched a learning management system. Yeah, actually, we launched it late 2016 and really okay. got it fine-tuned in 2017. And okay. So 20, late 2017, 2018 has been our real you know year to really... So it came out of alpha and into beta, and now it's... Right. It, it's really... It's something. live now. It's absolutely live. live. In fact... There's about 3,600 active students in it right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And, of course, they can earn uh, AM, uh, yeah. AMI accreditation Correct. In, in many different areas. Right, professional designations. Yeah. Right. I love it. I love it. It's such a great organization. So many people that I interview, they have their certifications. Yeah, and a lot of people here at the ASA national meeting has them. You noticed everybody seems to. I know. And, and you always have this big graduation ceremony once a year. Yeah. Well, actually, we have two. Uh, we did one at, at uh, SEMA. Uh, with the Collision Awards breakfast, okay. so that was a that was a big deal for us. First time we ever did it specific to Collision credentials. Talk to me about credentials. You know, ASC is going to be forty seven years old this year. June sixteenth wow. is our birthday. Kind of amazing, right? Yeah. Is, is it growing? It's growing, but I think what's happened is we're we're kind of the old man on the block, and I, and I say that in the nicest of ways because we're <laughs> we're one of the most mature credentials, occupational credentials out there, mm-hmm. and I think our industry just kind of says, yeah, ASE, it's out there. I used to do it, and you know what? It's even more important than ever because it's one solid way to prove to your car owner customers you know what you're doing, right? You know, yeah. and so I I am. Always amazed when somebody says to me, well, I, I can fix my guy's cars, my customer's cars. I don't need that. And I'm like, sure, you can do that. But wouldn't you want to have that extra credential on top of your amazing training and your amazing shop and your great technicians? I mean, so it just seems to me that um, our industry needs to, to kind of wake up again and say, if we don't use it, we're going to lose it. And then what? It's amazing. The guys on the one side that love it and need it and want it and continue it, and the other guys that say, I see no value in it. Right. Your struggle from marketing ASE, uh, you know, we've talked about this on the show bunches sure. of times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, you know, do we need to tell the consumer how important it is to come in and look for that blue seal or that ASE sure. certification on the wall? Or do we just need to do a better job 
with shop owners and technicians to let them realize that there is a, it's an honor. It's like, mm-hmm. Jeff, think about your organization yeah. and the, and the guys that have gone through for their professional certification from AMI. Uh-huh. So many people that I know have that. Mm-hmm. Think about ASC. Right. Not enough. Not enough. Right, exactly. And and the folks who do AMI, they're not doing it because the customer's looking for it, right? Right. right. They're no. looking for it because of the professionalism, the pride. And the, what they can learn. Right. right. They're mm-hmm. wanting to be the best they can be. Yeah, and I think I, I think yeah. you you guys are probably faced with the same thing. We've had some generations who who started these organizations, who embraced them and really went through it. And now we have, we have, you know, different generations who maybe were not there in the beginning. Right. It's something they take for granted. And I know I express a concern a lot around videos, you know, like YouTube videos. And at the point of hiring someone and you're sitting down with a candidate that you're interviewing, if they've watched a bunch of YouTube videos on how to do things, that's not an education. But yet we have some generations now that kind of see that as as education. You need some way to uh, have a third-party credential that says this person has achieved this level. And so that's kind of one of the things that we both do in different spaces. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I have a concern about that. So, in fact, we've started doing um, assessment tests for webinars. Oh, excellent. And that way it becomes part of your transcript, right? It's got to be. And we're doing them for for some of your podcasts. Thank you. Are you doing pre and post? No, we're just doing the post. Okay, just oh, just the post. Yeah, we have the individual that's doing the webinar. What is it? You know, we're asking, what is yeah. it you intend for the okay. audience to yeah. learn, yeah. and then we build the assessment around that. Yeah, for, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, yeah, we've got podcasts up on your site, and then there's the, of course the the post questions to say, hey, did you get it? Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's important. So so when you you can present your transcript as yeah. part of your resume yeah. or part of your application process, so that you have another third, you have a third yeah. party who's confirming that you did, in fact, meet this level of achievement. Got it. And we all know YouTube, great access, but you have to be careful about right. the validity of the content. Mm-hmm. So right. having a way to manage that. For a shop owner or a manager that's interviewing people, it's really important that they can confirm from a third party that there's been some knowledge transfer and that there's uh, someone that can confirm that that knowledge has been transferred. Otherwise, just to go in and say, I've, you know, Watched a bunch of videos doesn't mean I've qualified for anything, really. So you, you're testing people based on the training that they take. You're testing people not on the training that you give, because you're giving right. training, Jeff. Right. Correct. And, and Trish, you're not. Right. So so the ASC tests are an assumption that you've acquired the knowledge mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. put it into practice. So yeah. we want to know. We, our test will then be able to demonstrate you've learned mm-hmm. and you can apply mm-hmm. what you've learned. Um, so it's a, probably just a squeak higher than yeah. the assessment from a podcast um, because we're we're factoring in an experiential level that sure. is assumed. Yeah, and on the technical side, that's really important. Absolutely, you right. Bet. Yeah, different perhaps on yeah. sales or service consulting or, or that side. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff, you're big into learning culture. It started out just kind of, finding it by accident. So we were studying almost 100 shops, uh, trying to understand when technicians went through a certain regimen of training, what happened to the business's performance. We had shops that looked the same, same equipment, same same everything, square footage, number of technicians, everything, but yet their performance was quite different. And we put them all through the same regimen of training, and what we found was there was some that were, their performance just skyrocketed, and they maintained it for two or three years. And then there was a group who got a little bit of performance improvement, but within a year they lost it. So we started like, what is that? What What's the difference? And little things. We found things like equipment, the shops that were the highest performers, their equipment was all well used. The shops that were that couldn't sustain any improvement, 
a lot of their equipment were over in the corner, dusty. Um. So we begin to identify that thing we call learning culture. And one of them is they actually had a spoken verbal environment that says you're expected to learn and you're expected to share your knowledge. And uh, with those two things, it becomes very became very obvious that that was that was a big deal. Yes. Yeah. So their equipment, they got the most out of their equipment. So there's a, there's a whole story there. I'll get into it a little bit more here. Hey, it's Carm here talking to you about what the Napa Auto Care Center program can do for your business. Now, you probably already know the Napa brand is the most recognized and trusted name in the automotive aftermarket industry. In fact, studies show that 95% of consumers recognize Napa and associate it with quality parts, service, and technical expertise. So why not complete a pro-image upgrade and take advantage of that? ProImage is a co-branding program for the exterior and interior of your shop. On the outside, it includes the Napa colors and distinctive Napa signage. While the public may know you as a reliable, locally-owned business, a ProImage upgrade helps set your shop apart from the competition even further. It's also a visual signal to customers and potential customers that you and Napa are partners. Most importantly, ProImage really works. This co-branding opportunity has helped Napa Auto Care Centers across the country increase their car counts and sales. In fact, those that have completed a ProImage project enjoy an average 23% sales increase during the first year. ProImage upgrades are also available for the interior of your shop. A ProImage interior upgrade transforms your customer waiting area from merely utilitarian to warm and welcoming. The goal is to maintain your shop's independent identity while enhancing the customer's experience. You can get a free look at what a ProImage exterior and interior upgrade could look like by visiting the Napa Auto Care members site and clicking on the Napa ProImage link under the Napa ProImage tab. Or contact your local Napa Auto Parts store. Your servicing Napa store can tell you more about ProImage plus the hundreds of other reasons to become part of the Napa Auto Care family, the largest network of independent automotive repair shops in the country. I just broke the code. Yes. Think about this, Trish. If those shops that had that culture of learning going for them, Mm -hmm. and it really was working, do any of the techs have their ASE certifications? Wouldn't that be a cool thing to know? Well, I'm going to compliment that study by one that we did that, along with one of our partners, and it showed the very same thing, that it's the combination of learning mm-hmm. and certification or testing, in this case, that gave the best result from an ROI, mm-hmm. from a tenure, and from a fix-it-right perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, yeah. So, those shops are probably already doing it all right. So, um, so the third element we found, which yeah, go, we, we yeah. did not rehearse this, right? <laughs> we did But the third <laughs> element was this personal commitment to expertise, which is yes. what would show up on your side. Exactly. And, and so, those three elements were the most consistent thing that we found in the culture within the businesses that no matter what they did, that learning culture, they got the highest ROI, whether mm-hmm. it was equipment, tools, square footage, any kind of new program, anything. They embraced it. They all learned it, and they shared what they learned. Mm-hmm, right. uh, there's a lot of elements within that, but it was just fascinating. And I, I uh, and that got me intrigued on business culture. And from that, I've spent the last eight years or so just studying that. It's just almost been a little side thing yeah. that I've studied and continued to study. And, yeah, that's interesting, though, yeah. that you guys found yeah. that. That's same thing, right? Same yeah. thing, yeah. Now, the downside to all of this, it's that old 80-20 rule, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got 20% of our shop owners' businesses, whatever, functioning in that 
higher level of learning culture, professional development culture, employee empowerment culture. And, mm-hmm. and now we just got to get that rest of that 80% up to speed. Yeah. Do you see any tides changing? I definitely do. And especially on the collision repair side, probably the collision repair side has been a little more flat footed when it comes to all the electronics in the car and the ADAS and all the things that are changing. And there's just becoming this acceptance, a, a, a heightened awareness. They don't know what they don't know. We've been preaching learning culture on the collision side for almost seven or seven or so years. And uh, I've been really excited because I see that come back around. I see articles from others and, you know, I've, it, it's talked about more. It's, it's more understood. And it started out being mandated. Training was mandated. And that causes people to take training to meet a requirement. And that's the nasty or the ugly side of that, right? So uh, when it's all said and done, I see some, some evolution. Uh, cars require you to accept the fact you need to learn and you have to share knowledge because hmm. otherwise you just, it ain't going to work. I love that. Cars require you. That is just like, oh, it's, he's mm-hmm. talking to me. Yeah, well, it they is. they do. They do. The I mean, vehicles yeah. are, are the mandate now. Yeah. The technology is the mandate. So is yeah. the 80-20 rule for ASE, do you see that, any growth there? Sure. There, there's absolute growth as we look to expand our our offerings to better match the mix of work that's happening in businesses. We certainly see opportunities for individuals to get certified and credentialed in areas that make sense for them. So for example, we have the maintenance and light repair uh, G1 exam, and that's perfect for that little bit higher than entry level, but not quite that mm-hmm. A tech, you know, B tech guy. And then we have the new L3 advanced level um, hybrid electrical electronic test. And that's perfect for this, you know, oncoming electrical world that, Someday will be larger than it is today, but wow. we're we're ready for it. Yeah. You know, and where, then, where is ADIS going to fit in? And we're looking at that right now. You know, there's pieces of ADIS in every one of our <clears throat> tests, um, but we are um, very close to um, having the idea—not the idea, but coming out with an ADIS-specific test. Well, that's good. So, a culture yeah. of learning that's going on. Um, how important is that from both of your perspectives to retention? So, there's a couple elements that we found once we once we begin to identify these elements within a learning culture are learning as an element within your business culture was the shops when they were looking for candidates for specific roles or technicians instead of the traditional help wanted ad that said, you know, must have tools, must be able to do this. And, you know, ASC certification is a plus or whatever. The first thing was up front is the expectation to learn and the expectation to share your knowledge and a personal commitment to expertise. And when you included those as important elements of your help wanted ad or whatever, however you go about that, the candidate that applied was much different. Right. Uh, it was, uh, how can I say this? They were younger and more educated. And uh, in most cases, these shop owner managers didn't even know those individuals even existed in their market. They had a much better candidate to work from uh, and to look at. And I found that fascinating. And then when, when we begin to ask these candidates, why did you apply for this? Every one of them stated it was because they, they, you know, they were younger. They liked the idea that they would be expected to learn. They understood the importance of learning. They felt like they'd be invested in when it comes to being trained and that they could share knowledge with each other and work as a team and collaborate. And so as the younger generations, that all are, is things that are so important. They want that, them. right. Yeah. yeah. And so we also found that those shops that had a learning culture had very little turnover in comparison <laughs> to the shops that a lot of the shops we were looking at that didn't have that had turnover rates of 55%, 50, 55% a year. And mm-hmm. so these shops that had these elements within them had so, very little turnover. So we do an awards program every year and, and we have 45 superb technicians 
that we recognize. And, and those award winners are sponsored by various aftermarket companies um, and OE companies. And what's interesting when we read the bios, the, the longevity of every one of Everyone. those individuals, you know, 20 25, 30, 35, 45 years, some of these individuals have stayed. So you have to believe, to Jeff's point, it's that that empowerment environment that says, I value what you know, and I want to help you know more. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want you to tell everybody else in the room who doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I want you to continue that. And, and so that has huge ramifications for tenure. And, and so the lesson learned is it's not secret sauce. It's not no. secret. It's there. You can right. see it over and over and over. Um, and that's where I get back to that quote that I was thinking, the, the range of what we think and do is limited by what we fail to notice. And there, there's your answer. If you want increased retention, invest in those employees, uh, expect them to learn. And you know what? If you have, if, I hate to say this in a sense, but if you have technicians that are not interested in learning, they don't need to work for your organization. And, and you know what? That theory, if I train them, they'll leave. Yeah. yeah, good. Because yeah. y- you know you're going to go out of business if you don't mm-hmm. train. So if if you have that attitude, then yeah, your you, competition needs exactly those right. Yeah. They're going to go next door. <laughs> I've talked to a bunch of uh, sh- a couple of shop owners in the in the recent week that just recently lost a, a long term five year employee that they invested in heavily, mm-hmm. and they had opportunities, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it wasn't in the business, but it was an opportunity from a family member to sure. start something. He wasn't upset. He realized. Of all the in, the quality work that this person did for his company to, to continue to grow his company, so sure. he, no matter how many thousands he spent on this individual, and now he's gone in five, mm-hmm. he'd do it right over again. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and and you have to think about that individual is going to pay back with referring customers and and work and everything back to that shop. Yeah. So it, it, that the circle of life. Right. So being a forever student is it's one part to get the student to want to, but it's also the culture of the business to encourage that and to literally set, listen, in my job description, you're going to need 40 hours this year of training and, and I'm going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you incentives if you hit those plateaus every quarter. Why isn't our industry jumping on, on board with this harder, quicker, better and faster? Well, a lot of it, a lot of it is the challenges of running a small business. Uh, they're they're so deep in the daily operations that it's often easy to not notice, right? That the, you need to be doing these things and to stop and take the time to to do that. And I'll 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 point to um, something that we found in those those shops that did not have that culture. They literally apologized to their employees for sending them to training. <sighs> and and so what we learned is if you want to ensure that you get no return on investment for training apologize for sending them to training before you send them. Oh my goodness. And then that way they go into the whole thing with this attitude that they probably already know it. There's a whole thing that we found also about uh, a lot of times a, a, a technician, for example, will, will oversell themselves to get a job. And then when they get it, there is this culture that says, well, I, I'm expected to already know everything. And so I, can, I have to be careful when it comes to training. If I go to training and then come back and go, you wouldn't believe what I learned. I just, in a sense, Admitted, I didn't know something. So there's this, they're overprotective of, of opening up and being honest. And, and it really comes down to just honesty. You can't know everything. You need to admit you don't know everything. That's a downfall. Don't apologize for sending a tech to training. I think we have to remember, too, that many of our shop owners were former technicians. And technicians traditionally have not been good learners, right? You know, they were either shunted into this 
automotive service technology department because they weren't good readers or they were cut-ups in class or whatever. So, so changing the initial entry of the individual coming into our industry will hopefully change the outcome of the desire to learn and the interest mm-hmm. in learning and the ongoing learning that we all know is necessary. And, and how do we, again, continue that going forward? You know, I can't help but hear both of you. Thank you for this great conversation. And I keep wanting to zero it back to ASE, Trish. Sure. Here's what I'm thinking. If we can make the change that's necessary in the industry, all the people in the media, guys like you, Jeff, that are out there, Trish, you're talking Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, God, we could start talking about recruiting at the middle school level, but that's another. That's for this uh, this afternoon. This this afternoon. Mm -hmm. But my point, my point was this, Jeff, if we have a small shop and uh, like you say, small shop, we can't afford the time. What if I was a a small shop owner and I sat down with my three people and I said, we got to start doing training. Who's got ideas? How could, well, how could, how could we do what we need to do to make, to, to bring our culture around? Who's going to go to the first seminar and we'll all, we'll all work hard to cover for you. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah. So we actually were involved in trying to create learning cultures within the shop and it wasn't easy. We got better uh, at learning that, learning how to teach it. But it starts out with this, this moment of enlightenment where you have this conversation with your with your staff, and you say, you know, there's things that are just changing so much. We're going to have to start really focusing on uh, an expectation to learn, and it's okay. It's okay to admit you don't know something, but let's start thinking about the importance of learning. Learning is the only source of a sustainable competitive advantage. And then over a course of a couple of weeks, we found them opening up to that concept. And then, of course, you throw that element in of learn and share. If you have a, someone in your business that you know isn't going to fit that share. No one's going to listen to them because they always act like they know everything, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody just goes, oh, gosh, you know, here it goes again. You start out with having that conversation and acknowledgement that things are changing so quickly. We're going to have to get really good at learning and, the, and sustainability and being competitive on a daily basis starts and ends with the ability to learn. The faster you're, you can learn, the yeah. better you are. And I'll just wrap that up by saying, and there's so many great resources out there. Every one of our aftermarket partners, our parts distribution channel, our associations, they've got consultants, they've got resources, they've got plans to help support that learning. Absolutely. Okay. So let me, let me go back four minutes as I was trying to tie this back into you, Trish. Mm -hmm. If the culture of learning, the perpetual studency, the forever student caught fire, Mm Mm-hmm. You, Trish, would know it. Notice it, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Because, because the people would want to take that education and prove they through know certification. They know. You yeah. bet, yeah. right? It's easy. That commitment yep. to expertise. Yeah. One plus one in this case really does equal three. I it mean, does. Truly, it absolutely you know? does. So, <laughs> That's a good, yep. good mm-hmm. way to put it. Hey, it was great uh, hanging with you guys. Uh, you know, an unlikely couple to have in here, if you will. <laughs> and, and thank God uh, we were under the influence last night. And you both said yes. Jeff Peavy, President of AMI, and Trish, as always, Trish Serator, Senior Vice President of Communications at ASC. Thanks for being here. My thank pleasure. You. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.